Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. All Things in the Name of Love, Episode 14. How Unconditional Love Transforms Your Life, Noemi Grace. Unconditional love is a basic human need. As much as we all crave it, so often it seems to elude us. Many of us were programmed to believe that in order to be loved unconditionally, you need to do something to keep it around and in place, more transactional than unconditional. Many of us do not know what unconditional love is. As the expectations and invisible strings we have may be all too familiar that prevent us from being our hearts fully open and prevent us from seeing and feeling unconditional love. The great news is that you can break the cycle. Remember what unconditional love is, receive more of it in your life, and transform your perspective and existence. The question is, How is this possible? Joining us on today's edition of All Things in the Name of Love is psychotherapist, soul healer, and the author of the new book, An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love, Noemi Grace, to share what unconditional love truly is and how it can transform your life. Noemi channels new perspectives from God on unconditional self-love, forgiveness, divine grace, and life's purpose. Her new book is the first in a series of books that shares her transformative communication with God and her experience as she learns to apply the divine messages to her life. Her passions include sharing these beautiful, uplifting messages and helping people heal their minds, hearts, and souls. She lives with her husband in the Boston area. Noemi, it is such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Erica. I am just thrilled to be here. And um, I just love what I've heard of your show. I've heard some of your, you know, your other interviews, and they're just so lovely. And I, I really feel a connection with you. So I am thrilled to be here and to have this conversation with you, wherever it takes us. Thank you. Mm. Well, I'm going to start off by saying that I haven't finished your book because it's so powerful Mm. and so transformative. I'm on the self-love and I'm, I don't, I'm learning it. I don't, I was going to say grappling, but that's not what I want to do with (laughs) (laughs) self-love. Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) It's such a paradigm shift because you know, it's something we're not taught. And it's so critical to existing on this earth plane. Oh, absolutely. And we have we are taught about love. But what we've taught what we're taught about love is laced with a lot of expectations and conditionality and a lot of assumptions that don't lead to being able to be loved unconditionally or receive love unconditionally. Yeah. How, how did you start getting into understanding what unconditional love is? Well, really because I started to channel these divine messages on the miraculous power of unconditional self-love, I I had con- considered unconditional love and had an understanding of it as sourced in the divine source, but I didn't really apply that to myself, like apply it inward. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until 
I started to hear that love yourself first, which is to me, when I heard it, it was, I said, I was asking, is this, did I hear you correctly? Because love yourself first. Oh no, that's not what I was taught. That's like the complete opposite. I'm supposed to love myself last, you know? And so to actually consider the importance of self-love that this is something that I want or even I need mm-hmm. or is is even valuable it was it took it took really this kind of awakening to being able to hear the divine speaking to me because I would never have arrived at that myself on the path I was heading mm-hmm. uh, self-love was just when I was happy with myself, when I felt mm. proud of myself, I equated it to, if I feel good about what I've accomplished, mm. what I'm doing and what I'm saying, and I haven't said anything I regret and, you know, I haven't been angry, then I can love myself. Then mm. I feel good. Yeah. And I know for me, the process of loving myself is loving the things I don't like. Right. You know, all the, all the limiting beliefs and all of the conditioning we've received from childhood on up and past and what our families have taught us and what they've been carrying and to love that that's really what self-love is for me absolutely erica but it but i would also say that there's an aspect of it and that and just a comment to that is is that um yeah, we're, we don't want to love ourselves unconditionally because we have to put our arms around all of that. Mm-hmm. But there's also an equally important aspect is that we don't see the truth of who we are because of all the messaging that we've received and all of the, oh, you're not good with that or, oh, well, that, what were you thinking about that? Or, and so we internalize all of this criticism and all this judgment. So we don't see actually how amazing, how brilliant, how beautiful how exquisite we are. And so it's embracing that too. It's the whole, it's the warts and the beauty, all of it, wrapping your arms around it and bringing, it's almost like embracing that because equally important is, is the stuff that we don't even know is there, Mm -hmm. Um, which is amazing to embrace. But yes, we always are focused so much on the faults that we have and the things we're lacking and what's limiting. And so, yes, we've taken on all of those limiting beliefs. And so when we look at self-love, it's like, how can I love myself when I was angry today or when I was unkind or, or I I didn't, I didn't eat the healthy stuff that I said I was going to eat. And, and yet, there's that aspect because we've judged ourselves. And then there's the aspect of, do I really know who I am? Mm-hmm. What if I was, what if a lot of me was actually more lovable than I think just innately lovable because beautiful and brilliant and, and amazing. Yeah. That's a heady concept. <laughs> it is. I mean, yeah. it's because, you know, we're, I love more of me than I have before. Wonderful. And I'm not fully loving myself yet because I know it's a journey. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed in the process of loving myself more is I can forgive myself more easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that is huge because in unforgiveness and we live, we have resentment, we have judgment, we have rejection of ourselves. And um, then we just keep digging a deeper hole of judgment and, and, and self to get to the point of some for some people of self-loathing. And so it's wonderful that you're loving yourself more, Erica, because I, I'm not here on this, on your, your show here saying that I am a hundred percent unconditionally self-loving every moment of every day, no matter what happens, no matter what I do or say, because, you know, it is the journey. It is the journey and it's the desire for the journey and, and the growth in the journey and the freedom that 
the liberation that comes as you as you grow in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> oh. So in your book, you share that the journey to freedom starts with loving yourself with divine love. Can you explain what divine love is to you and how it's accessible to anyone? Sure, sure. So divine love is the source of unconditional love. So while, yes, it's, it's love from the divine, from God, it, it, it is a different type of love than what we are used to loving with. When we experience unconditional love, if we have young children and we, we just are unconditionally loving, or when we fall in love, it's unconditional for a while, um, sometimes, um, when we experience that, we're actually tapping into that source, that well of, of unconditional love that is the divine love. And so the quality of the love is different. Um, and so because it doesn't change, it doesn't vary, it doesn't have its ups and downs, even though we may have our ups and downs, it is always completely, fully loving with nothing else attached. Hmm. That's a fascinating thought and idea and concept and reality that especially in in our culture we're not really taught we're taught about competition we're taught about expectations mm-hmm. and so what meditation is an obvious way Mm-hmm. How do you connect to that unconditional love? Great question. Um, the, one of the best ways is is meditation that is focused on love. So, you know, there's so many forms of meditation, and I I I do practice several different types. So instead of maybe a mantra, it's it's opening to receive love. And so I, I do a special kind of meditation um, called the divine love is self-love meditation where I in, envision opening my heart space, just opening that like I would pull the, the, these long drapes after a, a, the night in the morning or open shutters that have been shuttered and the house has been shuttered for the winter. So it's kind of opening, consciously just opening yourself I, and then asking to receive divine love. And I always add divine light um, and just allowing that to come in. So putting your attention on your heart center and, and putting the attention on receiving divine love, divine light, and just breathing that in. So with the in-breath, breathing in that divine love and light. And with the out, with the exhale, releasing all of the non-love and the non-light that's just collected itself in the heart. Uh, and I, mm. I would like to do this daily, but at least I do it several times a week. And, <laughs> and I can feel the shift in me when I do that, when I'm bringing that attention into the heart and bringing in the love and light. And so it's, it's um, for me, I can actually feel the shift as I've been doing this. And then if I really, really want to think beyond myself, I'll allow that love to, to fill my heart and then come out and, and expand out, ripple out and, and expand out into my, my house and my neighborhood and eventually the world. Mm. It's, a, it's a beautiful experience. I will be recording that I have a recording of it already, but it's not on my website yet, but I'll be getting that on the noemigrace.com website soon. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I felt it. Mm. 
<sighs> for a second. So through observing your own human experience, putting your new book together and working with your clients, why do you think and believe so many people struggle with unconditional love and the giving receiving process? Hmm. Well, because we're all wounded mm. and we do our best in our love to give unconditional love to those we do love and care about. Um, but we have, most of us have not received a whole lot of unconditional love, maybe for short bursts of different relationships, even in our families. But then we failed to meet expectations or someone had an unreasonable expectation or assumptions were built in and not happening. And so various things happened, which then took us out of unconditional love. So, so we have not, as, as people who have not received it for an extended period of time, where it's not reliable, it became unreliable. So we, we didn't know if we would have unconditional love today. We may have learned to anticipate if I'm the good girl or the good boy or, or if I'm cute or smart or whatever, then I might get some unconditional love. So we've learned what gives you these short bursts of unconditional love, which is really conditional love, but for a short mm -hmm. period of time. And so because we didn't receive it well, uh, because it wasn't given well, we didn't receive it well, therefore we can't necessarily give it well. So we also become these, I'll say flawed, but I don't mean it in a bad way, flawed like a diamond. A diamond has flaws, but it's still pretty wonderful. It's mm -hmm. still pretty amazing, right? So flawed like a diamond in terms of not being perfect in our ability to receive or give. And if pe for people that have really had so little unconditional love because some some people have just been in environments that are so judgmental and and harsh to then actually receive unconditional love can actually be very painful mm -hmm. i can well imagine that yeah because you're so used to having those expectations placed on you that to just be all you have to do is be to accept this love that's a really that's a tough concept for people yeah and it's a tough experience i think because you can't be in the present moment with it you're waiting for that shoe to drop you're expecting mm -hmm. okay this is not going to last you know what what price right. am i going to have to pay for this wonderful experience now Oh, if it's so good now, it's going to be really bad later. And, and so, yeah, mm. it becomes the mind does not allow us to kind of let go of our, our guard and, and, and pull down the walls completely because after all, you know, we're, we're going to get hurt here somehow to trust, to love. It, it's all going to somehow lead to pain. And that's the lesson we've learned. And, and that then causes us to limit our receptivity. Mm. <sighs> that is so sad. But it doesn't have to be that way because it is sad. Yeah. Um, because we can receive unconditional love. And that's how it starts is with receiving. So in, in that divine love is self-love meditation. When we start to receive unconditional love and allow that just for ourselves. So, it's a little safer. It's us mm -hmm. and the divine versus us and some other flawed human like us. <sighs> we start to receive that and allow ourselves to receive that. And it fills us. It takes away some of that fear that we have mm -hmm. and the anxiety about, can this really be true? And so as we start to then receive that unconditional love and give it to ourselves, we can open up to receiving that from someone else and giving it back to them. And so then it becomes a beautiful dance rather than that, yeah, pretty sad, sad state that most of us have experienced at some point in our lives. Do you think that 
Now let me rephrase that. Are you feeling a shift in awareness towards this? In the greater whole of the of Yeah, I mean are you seeing more people wanting to dive deeper? Yes, I'm I am seeing, you know, so I am also a psychotherapist and soul healer, and I've worked with probably a thousand clients. Um, and I, so over the years, I am seeing, we're, we're getting educated a little bit more. You know, our parents' generation and their gen, the generation of our grandparents had less understanding of, of things concerning psychological well-being, even unconditional love. And so we're starting to learn more. And so more people are starting to be dissatisfied with not liking themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I'll see more clients coming in to therapy to say, I want to like myself. Mm. So what about loving yourself? Well, yeah, I guess that would be great, but let's <laughs> just even start liking myself. So I'm seeing more interest in that and more value for that mm. it's not something we've been taught to value right right because we've been taught to make everybody else happy exactly 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 so your own happiness is supposed to be found in the happiness of others and making other people happy and and in looking at them and if they're happy because of something you've done now you're happy and that's just a road fraught with thorns. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great metaphor. Thank you. <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to walk down that path when I was younger. And, oh, man, just the expectations. And for me, um, one of the more fascinating journeys I had was with my paternal grandmother, who not only offered conditional love, but she wouldn't tell you what the conditions were. Mm. And they changed regularly. So that was really a challenge for me who loved, as a kid, I loved myself. I, had, I was just like, I was that kid that was in the moment, that mm. joy, that just loved. And... For that being to be placed in that context was really challenging because I didn't know what the rules were. Yes, yes. And we, we are, our task as, as the child is to figure out those rules because, of course, we want love. So, mm -hmm. you know, so for me and my family, and so with you, actually, just to comment on that, with your grandmother, not knowing what the rules are. And then when you figure them out, then they start changing on you. It creates a sense of, it's almost like being on, standing on, on quicksand. It, it's this unshifting sands, you know, there's a sense mm -hmm. of, of instability that, that creates for a lot of people anxiety. And so there's so much anxiety. Yeah. I mean, the world is ridden with anxiety and I don't mm -hmm. think I've met someone who doesn't have anxiety. So it's, it's when we can't know what the rules are so we can get this valuable commodity called love as a child, that's what the child mm -hmm. needs most of all. And that is going to lead to a lot of anxiety. And a lot of inner work. <laughs> And the opportunity for a lot of inner work. Yes, yeah, yes absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> to that, how does unconditional love transform one's life and help you overcome seeing life through the lens of the presence versus the lens of the past? Oh, I, I love this. I, I just, uh, you know, the past is not in the past. The past mm -hmm. is in the present and we're projecting it onto the future because we're, re we're carrying the past, even if we're not reliving the past. And many, many times people are reliving the past. You know, if you've got trauma, you can't help it. You're, you start 
triggered, get triggered and you start reliving the past. So, Mm -hmm. and if you obsess about things that have happened or regrets, you're stuck living the, living in the past. And so everything that we see and do, we, we filter through this lens of the past. And so our perception is always distorted by the past. If the past was wonderful, that would be a great distortion, but oftentimes it's the uh, distortion of the pains of the past that have come. So getting into a new relationship then becomes fraught with, oh, I can't, you know, something's going to happen or I I can't pull my walls down. I can't, I got to remain, you know, on guard, on lookout for the red flags. And, and I'm not to say that one shouldn't look for red flags when you meet somebody, but, but to say that, that, we are now bringing the past into the present. So to actually be in the present moment with someone is really a rare experience and it's a delightful treat. You know, I have some friends that when I get, and I don't, that I don't see very often when I ever see them, I we're just in the present and it's, it's, we don't have to talk about what happened for the last six months. We are just living there in that present moment. And it's, it's such a delight. And mm-hmm. it's such a rare thing. And then so, so, and then the past, you know, to fully answer that question, the past also then gets, we project it onto our image, our view of the future. We think a future is going to be a certain way based on the past. Mm-hmm. And all of this really comes from our internal programming, but our brains are, are wired to, to keep us in survival. So we know how to survive the past, no matter how challenging it was, we have survived it. So mm-hmm. we're going to bring all those lessons, but also all the baggage into the present moment and crowd the present moment with all of that. And so that's what one of the beautiful things about meditation is you are in the present moment without dragging mm-hmm. the bags there. There are days when I wish I could meditate all day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I love meditation. You know, it, it's, it really just that still place that you get to in meditation is, oh, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. <laughs> I also have a grounding pad so I can just, if, cause uh, we live on the fifth floor. And so if I put my feet on the grounding pad, I feel like I'm connected to the earth a little bit. Mm, I've never used one of those, but it sounds wonderful. They are pretty darn amazing. I mean, I, I like going out barefoot too, but in a pinch, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly I've done the barefoot thing in, 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 in the soil, but uh, yeah. yeah, that sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting question because I've, I took a vow of peace three and a half years ago and I've divested myself of violence, which is a beautiful, amazing, and strange journey Mm. Um, because I am so disconnected from so many things that used to get me excited that it's fascinating. I have a background in cultural history, so to create my own culture, Mm. which is what I've done, and trying to relate with the culture I divested myself from is fascinating. So with that as the context or, or as the thought that preceded this, with being bombarded with seeing things on social media and the tragic events that unfold in the world every day, how can one begin to change your experience and see everything from love? Mm. Great question. I just want to first, you know, just tell you how when I first heard one of your your podcasts and I was listening to you describing how you took this vow of peace it just resonated so deeply how wonderful I didn't even it never had occurred to me to do such a thing you know and it's it really it really you know I've I've thought about it since then I'm like vow of peace of yeah that really impacted me it's just like you you're welcome. And just what you do as being peace in this world. Yeah, you may not identify, you know, be able to identify or connect with some of that you left. But this culture of peace, I mean, 
peace within yourself is huge. And the vow of peace, you know, will also bring more inner peace, which is something we all crave, you know? And so it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so, um, you know, we have to be careful what we take in, um, you know, with the vow of peace. I'm, I'm guessing you're not watching the 11 o'clock no. news or the six o'clock or any hour. No, I'm not watching the news. No, neither do I. And it's, it's, it bombards us with what someone else says we should be watching and we should know. This is, you need to know this. You need to see this, this thing in all its full gory glory. And that, that doesn't really serve us at all. And so really to be selective, if something does not, if it doesn't resonate with self-love or unconditional love, if there's no love in something, if it's a whole lot of darkness and negativity and, and I won't even label what kind of things fit into that because we think we can all figure that out, but we, you know, we, we can choose what we take in. And that's one of the benefits of social media. And I mean, if I do read the news, I'll read it online and I'll read the headlines when I read the news just to see. And, and so I know that, okay, we're not in some kind of new world that I don't know about. Mm. World still exists as it did yesterday. And, and, um, but to be more selective in what we take in. Yeah. And so with self-love, it's you start in the book I talk about seeing yourself with eyes of love and and choosing what's self-loving and so if you want to experience I mean I think you you asked the question of saying seeing everything with eyes of love and start small and start personal okay see yourself with eyes of love see your partner with eyes of love your children your family your friends you know if you're your boss, you know, start to make it small and personal because in your world, if your world has that peace, has peace, and if your world has love, then that will expand and touch other people and they can bring that into their world. So the greater world at large, seeing it all with eyes of love, some of that includes not seeing it all, you know, choosing, being selective. So for me, what's happened with this journey is as I connect more into that peaceful, loving being that I am, my diet is completely changed. How I shop is completely changed. How I dress changed. Mm. Because what I used to do now I'm like, for example, I mom, my mom loves Chico's loves Chico's. (laughs) I, we have an annual trip to Chico's and I went online and I checked their sustainability and they had low flush toilets. Hmm. I was like, okay, that's something. They're not actually understanding their impact on the environment. They're not changing their use of dyes. They're not mm-hmm. looking for high quality fabrics because that's where I've gone is like, I'm, I'm looking at, there's a, I keep saying this, but I have a company that I buy stuff from called 10 tree. They plant 10 trees for everything I buy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't say this enough because it just psychs me up. It's like, I get a, I get a, I get a shirt and you plant 10 trees. That's amazing. Wow. And they use sustainable, you know, they use sustainable fabrics, and and so, like, how you self love? Am, am I going to put on something that's going to impact the environment because I'm part of the environment, right? And that's just been my journey. Is is like I've gotten to that awareness where it's like, oh, dang it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have room for more than three terracycle boxes. <laughs> what do I do now? Like, it's it's like it's getting. All right, so this week I, I decided I've, I've eaten mostly vegetarian for the past two weeks, and my body loves it. Mm. And so I'm honoring my body, but my brain is going, really? Another expansion, really? Because it gets tiring sometimes, and mm-hmm. I know ultimately I'm loving myself. So it's this dichotomy of my mind 
saying, again? (laughs) And my body going, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's great. You know, it's such a human experience. It's not with the, the vow of peace, which is so, so much synergy with unconditional self-love. I mean, with, yeah, we, we see that we're part of a greater whole. And so it's like, I'm going to love myself in a vacuum. And that's great if you're in a monastery by yourself, but, but uh, we are part of a greater whole. And so, yeah, for you, you probably wouldn't buy something that was coming from some war torn place that was made there. Or, I mean, so. Unless it was helping the refugees. Ah. Excellent. Right. Yeah, right. Because then I'm actually affecting change in a positive way. But I mean, if I'm going to support whatever negative thing, then no, I'm not going to. Exactly. And so the choices that we make, the default choices, the choices that we don't think about that are automatic are usually not the most living, le- leading us to peace or self-love. And mm-hmm. they're going to lead us to more of the same and the same pain and And not that they're all bad choices, but they're unconscious choices. And so bringing that consciousness that you did as you took that vow of peace now for a few years, bringing that consciousness to our choices, for you looking at from the perspective of peace, which is absolutely amazing. And, you know, what I'm learning to do is looking at it from the perspective of love and which are so linked and yeah, instead of like making awake choices is a huge thing. Yeah. And, and just bringing awareness into it. Like I'm constantly, I'm at the point where thankfully when I feel something come up that doesn't resonate that I've been curing for years and years, I don't judge it, which is huge. Yeah. (laughs) Because, (laughs) wow. Well, I'm not judging this. Like when we were talking before I started recording, I, I found this limiting belief. I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Mm. And that's, that's the energy I brought to it. It was like, Oh, Oh, this is a pattern I didn't know existed. Okay. Well, I know how to fix that because I have tools. Yeah. And if you asked me even six months ago, I would have gone in this downward spiral of, I can't believe I did this. This is so awful. Oh my God. <laughs> right. What's wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with me. It's it's a limiting belief that was in my unconscious or my subconscious that bubbled up. That's all it is. Yeah. It's a pattern that I didn't know I was carrying and now I know. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's it's mm. because I'm a puzzle person. I love jigsaw puzzles. It's kind of yeah. like finding I a- love jigsaw puzzles too. I we frame them, we put them in our house. Nice. Oh gosh, but yeah, it's wow. It's it's really so much in in learning how to just be in that awareness. I mean, you actually now had this awareness of something, and you didn't beat yourself up. You didn't go into a non-love. You you that's crazy. That's amazingly good. Yeah, and you said I have the tools for this. I can change this. I mean, how empowering is that? thank you (laughs) thank you because it's it is a process it's it's not people say life is hard well life is good it's not hard it's it's what you choose to see it as Mm -hmm. and if you want to become who you really are you just focus your it's work that's what it is it's just work it's just work on yourself instead of work for on somebody or for somebody that doesn't resonate with you, you're working on the one that matters the most to you mm-hmm. or who should matter the most to you, which is you. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And, and prioritizing that. Cause as you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we don't learn to put ourselves at the top of the list. And, and so whatever would I, you know, part of what I'm learning is that self-love is part of the solution to all of our problems and that, Without self-love, we're going to have a different way of approaching problems. And without peace, the same thing. And so we're going to approach problems from this this kind of fix-it place. And 
and it would be very different. You would be fixing yourself for this limiting belief and you'd be, you'd be fixing that belief. All right. Um, but it wouldn't be this, this peace and this love that comes out of it. And so it's, it's, what is it that, that motivates your action? What is the underlying thought, the underlying understanding when you come to doing something like I'm changing a limiting belief. Is it like, ugh, I'm broken again. Ugh, I can't believe I'm thinking this. Or is it like, oh, I have the power to change this. That's a beautiful thing. Right. And and that that makes it go by much more easily. Mm. Because if you go into the judgment, then that's another limiting belief, right? You're not good enough. You're not ever going to change. You're not going to whatever it is. And then you're going to be less open to heal. Oh, absolutely. Because you're stuck in the, in the pain of, of this problem and, and of this failure or, or wound that has, has occurred. And so, yeah, you don't see the freedom in, in, in resolving this, in, in changing it because you don't you're caught up with the mindset of like oh i can't believe this this is bad oh i can't believe i'm thinking that limiting belief or oh what was i thinking or i'm stupid or all of these things that we just think automatically by default about ourselves and about others when you're caught up there yeah it's, it's the whole idea of like oh i have the power to change this what a great thing that that mindset is not there Right. Because we haven't been taught. Yes. And I mean, there, I will grant you, there have been times like, oh, I gotta fix this. I don't want to do that. But it's like that energy. It's not, it's not a, oh, again. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to fix it. I'm tired of fixing stuff. Can I have a break? Because. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to get there too. But, it, but then to, to, be able to laugh at ourselves when we get there and we're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. We've been, it's okay. And yeah. yeah. To see ourselves as, as bigger than we'd be seeing ourselves, but not, but not what we've been making big, what we've been magnifying in our experiences, all the faults and the failures and the, the warts as I call them. And, um, and yet, we're so much bigger than that. Yeah. And we just have to remember that. I mean, we get so, especially with the proliferation of messages that bombard every day mm. to consciously shut that off and tune into yourself. I mean, perfect example is your phone. I love my phone. My phone and I have a tenuous relationship because I don't want to use it very much. It doesn't make me feel good to use it. Mm. And it's addictive. Mm -hmm. it's, it's geared towards making me addictive. So I balance it. You know, like, okay, I'm going to check my phone now. And then I'll put it down for a few hours and then I'll get compelled to pick it up again. And then it, it's like this, this back and forth, back and forth. I have a friend who actually goes days without turning her phone on. Wow. And I'm really jealous. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your friend, she or he is just so unusual and, and so yeah. such a rare person. You know, yes. and, and all of that that's there is all a distraction from ourselves and from yeah. who we are and we're, we're caught up with so much stuff that's external to us. And so when you can shut your phone off, there you are with yourself mm -hmm. and, and you can see yourself as you really yeah. are. And you might see a limiting belief, but it's, you're not that limiting right. belief. It's just some little thing that's like an appendage mm -hmm. to who you are. And so it's, it's so, yeah, to be able to, sh to just become present and to be not with your phone glued to your hip or having to, sometimes I'm on the phone with somebody and I realize, 
I'm playing a game while I'm talking. Why do I need to do that? You know, and I've stopped myself. I'm talking to my parents and I feel the need to play a game. Now I don't need, I'm going to be present with them. <laughs> I caught myself the other day and I was just like, I'm going to be present with them. You know, I don't, I'm so yeah. grateful that they're both still alive and they're wonderful people. And someday I don't want to look back and say, why was I playing the stupid right. game? <laughs> It's so fascinating, like all the ways the mind tries to pull you away. Mm. That's just like if if I'm having a day where I know I need to meditate because it's just calling to me, my mind will do everything possible mm. to get me from sitting down and meditating. It's just and I watch it. I'm not judging it because it's like, OK, this has got to be an important meditation because I'm avoiding it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And so it's just being aware of all of the ways that your mind is trying to tell you that getting quiet is scary. Hmm. It's not. It's actually really amazing. Oh, yeah. If your mind hasn't done it before, it's really scary because you have to be present. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And the, and the mind never lives in the present. Its idea of being present is scanning, scanning your environment, scanning everyone around you to, to you know, assess and, and make you ready for what, what may happen. And, and so the mind to just shut itself off and, and to actually just be there without a thought, without an analysis, it doesn't know how to do that. The mind doesn't live in the present. Or yeah. a list. A list. Mine loves lists. Don't forget to write. You got to write that down. Oh, you didn't put that on the grocery list. No, I don't care. I'm meditating. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> when I started to meditate, I would have a, like a little pad of paper next to me just so I can write oh. those things down. Now, most of the time, I can, I can, uh, put them aside. And when I can't, then I will t get up and just write it down because I just want to come back. To yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, once you, yeah. Once you've arrived there, not arrived, but experienced that stillness. Oh, so good. Oh, it's, there's nothing like it. No, there isn't. It's just this beautiful state of just my whole body gets calm. Mm. And I, I just love that peace and quiet. I love the quiet. Mm. Oh, I love the quiet. When my mind's not chattering, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it is. But I think we, you know, we fear, we fear that what's going to happen if we actually stop the mind from running around. What are, what are we going to really discover? You know, oh, and that—that's the mind's fear. Yeah, you'll discover the present moment. Right, which is pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, yes, ah. it's totally a wonderful place. Mm -hmm. mm, so question, what are five practical strategies to help one reconnect to the unconditional love that resides within and anchor this vibration as their new norm? Hmm. So I did talk about this divine love, a self-love meditation earlier, mm -hmm. about opening your heart to receive divine love, divine light. And if you don't like the word divine, then use unconditional, unconditional love, unconditional light. That, that source that's, that's pure mm -hmm. of love and light and to spending that time to receive that and, and fill yourself up with that and then even emanate it out, project it out, envision the, that waves of love come going out from you mm. to your family and your friends and the world. And so another thing that's really important is to check in with yourself throughout the day and see where you're at, like check in with your mind. <laughs> What's the mind doing? You know? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it monkey mind? You know, that, 
I love that phrase, monkey mind, because if you've heard the monkeys at the zoo, they just have that screech, you know, that's mm-hmm. just so pronounced. And, and and that's what the mind is doing. It's just screeching. Mm-hmm. And to get into that place, so to recognize where your mind is and what's it thinking about, because it doesn't know how to not think, but it's like, oh, is that what I want to be thinking about? To actually choose, to choose what you're focusing on mm-hmm. with your mind. And... Then a couple questions from the book that really are ver- have been very helpful for me is is when I'm looking at myself or I'm thinking about a, a decision I have to make or I'm sort of thinking about something that somebody else did and wondering wh- what were they thinking. It's what do I see when I look at this from love? Mm. What do I see f- when I look at this from love? And so... It's not, this is not like this woo woo thing, you know, airy fairy kind of, Oh, I see love, you know, like uh, it's, it's, it's actually, you can see the vulnerability. So you see this angry person and it's like, instead of going, Oh, they're just so angry. And it's like, wow, they're really, they're really suffering. I mean, to be that angry, they've got to be really suffering. doesn't mean that you invite more anger, right? But it means that you can see, you can see them beneath the anger. You can see what else is true about them and and in that you don't have it helps to eliminate the judgment when you can see with eyes of love there's no need for judgment Mm. and along with that was another question of what do i choose when i choose from love if i choose from love right now what would i choose if i was choosing from self-love even what would i choose Mm. Would I go do this thing for somebody at 10 o'clock at night and and when I'm exhausted? Or would I say, I love to help you, but I can't? Mm-hmm. Would I, you know, what do we choose when we choose from love? Because we're choosing on default. We're choosing on autopilot. We're just doing the same thing. And we've been programmed to do that because our minds are so capable of doing so much stuff on autopilot that we don't have to think a lot of times. And so what do I choose when I... I actively choose from love when I consciously choose from love. Mm. Yeah. And then I don't know how many we're up to right now, but one thing, one thing, the last thing I like to say is do what brings you joy. Mm. Do what brings you joy. If it doesn't bring you joy, sometimes you got to do it, right? You got to take out the trash, but you know, but, but do what brings you joy. Make sure there's enough of that going around in your life. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Because joy is pretty integral. Oh, it totally is. And, you know, for me, when when I think of joy, it doesn't require me to go out and spend lots of money on something. It can be something no. sticking my nose in a flower and sniffing fully. And that just brings me joy. Absolutely. And since we're talking about joy, you know, it, it, in my book, I, I talk a little bit about sometimes I bring up something about my husband and stuff. And he's been a quite David's been quite the part of all of this. Mm-hmm. And he also received some messages as well. And, and yesterday he said to me, do you know what joy is? And I, you know, I'm thinking about it. And he goes, joy is the love of the present moment. Mm. And I just said, wow, you got to write a whole, that's like a book. Where's your book? (laughs) And so when you're putting that nose in the flower and experiencing the joy, it is the love present moment. There's nothing there, but love. The moment is there. You're there and love. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Thank him for me. I will certainly do that. That's really beautiful. Mm. Thank you. What do you hope people take away from an intimate dialogue with God, the miraculous power of unconditional self-love, and from your story? So my hope is that people will open themselves up to seeing who they really are, to see the parts of themselves that they don't even know exist that are amazing, because we kind of, it's like we, we chop off both ends of ourselves. We chop off the, the stuff we don't like, the thing we, things we think are ugly. But a lot of times we don't embrace all the really amazing stuff either because we've been told to not be too much of that. And so mm-hmm. 
So really to see that amazing part and to embrace all of you, because the warts are not that big. No one's a whole big wart, you know? And so they're just not, you know? When you, if you have a wart in your finger, which is really not the most pleasant experience, but it's tiny. The warts are not that big. And so... Oh boy, do they become big when you focus on them. Oh, sure. When you focus on them, they become huge. And yeah. so to, to really get to have that a more accurate... A re, to know who they are, to discover who they are and embrace that and, and embrace the courage to live as who you really are in your world. And when you do that, your heart will be filled with love for yourself. And you will know, mm. no one will be, ever be able to tell you that you're not good enough or they might, but you won't believe it. You won't, you won't take right. that on. That alone. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, so my understanding from a previous conversation with you is that this is part of a multi-part series. Yes. Could you give us a sneak preview of book number two? I would love to. So oh, wonderful. So this first book is about unconditional self-love. And the yeah. second book is about it's, it's subtitled Forgiveness Paves the Way to Freedom. It is about mm. forgiveness and self-forgiveness. How that frees you from guilt, shame, all kinds of negative experiences, even from trauma, and how much it can free you from that. And so it pre presents a new perspective on forgiveness. We think, oh, we need to seek God's forgiveness and all of that. And that's really not exactly accurate. So. We, we need to seek our own forgiveness, and not that we need to offer our own forgiveness, not that we need to seek it, but we need to offer it to ourselves and to others, we'll free ourselves from resentment and judgment, and to really be able to fully be who we are. And so all of this, I know you've, I know you've, see, you've seen this in the beginning of my book, the quote, the first quote that I received, which is, love is the fabric of freedom. Forgiveness paves the way to freedom. You will know when you are free, when there's nothing left to forgive, because you see through the eyes of love. And so book two completes that. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much for doing this work. Oh, it's my pleasure. I just love to do this work. I know you do. Yeah. Mm. How can our listening audience learn more about your work and your services and stay connected with you online and on social media? Oh, thank you for asking. I do have a free self-love ebook that's available on my website, noemigrace.com. And so you can, you, it has quotes from my book. They're like bite-sized nuggets that you can just read at any point you have a moment and it, it, when I read them, it just shifts me. It like, mm. It's like, wow, oh, I feel so good. And it takes me out of the mind and into the heart. And mm -hmm. I also have a blog there on my website, which contains a lot more of divine messages that I've received about mm -hmm. self-love, acceptance, how to free yourself from guilt, and a whole bunch of other topics. Mm. And yes, and I have a a Facebook page, Noemi Grace, my author page. So if you search on Noemi Grace, you'll see Noemi Grace author. And I, I, I usually post little nuggets of divine wisdom there about once a week. Mm. And of course, my book is available on Amazon, an, instant, an intimate dialogue with God, the miraculous power of unconditional self-love. So that's, that's available there. And and I'll also be doing, you, you can read about a workshop I'll be doing starting this fall. Oh, nice. Yes, called the Self-Love Miracle Workshop. It's going to be an online workshop, so anyone can participate from any place in the world. Wonderful. And yes. And not only is it going to be a group experience where you can discover your uniquely beautiful and brilliant and amazing essence and dissolve your particular barriers to self-love, I am actually going to do a individual channeling for people. I will an answer. I will bring their burning question to the divine and channel an answer. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be very worthwhile. Mm. So you can sign up to get the information on my website. NoemiGrace.com. Mm, Noemi, it is such an honor to have you on the show. I'm so grateful to have you. Mm. Oh, Eric, I'm just so grateful to be here and to talk with you. You're so aligned with, mm. with your experience and your, what the work you do and, and your vow of peace. You're so aligned with this message. So I'm just really so honored to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. The action item of the week is to practice the divine, unconditional love meditation Noemi shared in the podcast. Do it every day for a week and see how you feel. That's it. Until next week, I bid you the highest peace, love, and prosperity. Namaste. Can you help me redefine truth and preservation of our soul shine? I can feel it, yours and mine. Close your eyes and witness it inside. In your bones, you will know. Trust and let go. Let it Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.